Hi everyone, you're listening to the July 2022 edition of Aeon's Retirement Market Update Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Ricky Marsh, and as I mentioned last month, this is our much-anticipated 40th episode. I would say this warrants champagne, and I do actually have a bottle that's been sitting in a cupboard for about two years waiting for a special occasion. However, having been sat in a cupboard for about two years, it's probably quite warm, so maybe not right now. Today, I'll be talking to Colin Cartwright about the impact of rising yields on DB schemes. But before that, here's this month's pensions news. The pensions regulator has published some new guidance for trustees on ensuring compliance with the requirements for pensions dashboards. The technical details reflect the draft regulations that were published earlier this year, but here TPR is emphasising a few issues regarding trustees' responsibilities. In particular, TPR is saying trustees should check their connection deadline, have dashboards firmly on their board agendas, consider how they'll connect, whether it's an in-house solution or through an administrator or integrated service provider, and take stock of and digitise their data to ensure savers can be successfully matched to their pensions. TPR has stressed that it's trustees who will ultimately be accountable for ensuring connection, so they'll need to be available to make the relevant decisions and have robust ways to monitor progress. They've also stated that they'll be taking action if they see intentional or reckless non-compliance. Back in February, I told you that TPR had launched a consultation on a new code of practice for the authorisation and supervision of collective DC schemes. Well, TPR have now published the response to that consultation. Some stakeholders had said the authorisation process was too onerous and costly. And in response to that, TPR have said they believe the level of detail will be necessary and useful to both employers considering setting up a CDC scheme and to trustees applying for authorisation. TPRs also addressed some confusion about the approach to individual competence tests for trustees, clarifying that their intention was not to limit the pool of CDC scheme trustees just to professionals. The final code of practice has now been laid before Parliament and the CDC regulations are still due to come into force from the 1st of August. The DWPs launched a new consultation on helping savers understand their pension choices, which is running until the 25th of July. This call for evidence is looking to understand what support members of trust-based DC schemes need to help them make informed decisions about how to use their savings, and what support and decumulation products are currently on offer for those members. In a link to the previous story, one part of the consultation is actually asking what role CDC schemes could play in the future. The FCA has already amended its rules on the timing and content of wake-up packs for contract-based DC schemes following a review in 2018, so the DWP just want to assess whether these findings apply equally to trust-based schemes. I think one thing this highlights is that the DWP and the FCA both have some responsibility for different types of DC schemes, and while they're often taking similar actions, they're not always that well synced up with the FCA being ahead of the DWP on some things and behind on others. Just to finish up the news, we've got some stories loosely linked by the theme of pension scams. Firstly, there's been some industry concern around the new transfer regulations introduced last November. In particular, it's been suggested that the amber flag relating to overseas investments could actually result in a large number of transfers falling into scope for the requirements to obtain guidance. The DWP's now indicated that it will consider amending the regulations and said it's actively engaging with industry representatives to try and reach an understanding of the potential issue and the distinction between those overseas investment that prevent scam risk and those that do not. Next up, 
TPR have partnered with the FCA and Action Fraud to publish a guide for reporting potential scams and pension scammers. TPR is really keen to see more reporting of scams and they're urging everyone in the pensions industry to help savers by reporting any concerns. The new guide outlines what can be reported, when it should happen, who to report to and what happens next. And finally, I'm pleased to report that Aon's pensions admin business has now signed up to TPR's scams pledge. By signing up to the pledge, we're demonstrating our ongoing commitment to help trustees and members mitigate the risk of scams. And if you'd like more information on this or any of this month's other news stories, I'll include contact details at the end. We've been talking about inflation a lot over the last couple of episodes. This month, we're going to take a look at a related point, which is what's been happening to bond yields, and in particular, what this means for DB pension schemes with LDI strategies in place. Now, it's amazing to think that after 40 episodes, we still have some Aon colleagues who haven't already appeared on the podcast, but it's true. And we have a brand new guest today in the form of Colin Cartwright from our investment practice. Colin, welcome to the podcast. The bond market's been pretty volatile this year. So to kick things off, can you just give us a quick recap of what's caused this? Thanks, Ricky. I'm excited today uh, to make my podcast debut. Yes, bond markets have been a lot more volatile this year. As we come into the start of this year, inflation had started to rise and we'd seen energy prices and utility bills increasing in the back end of 2021. As we've come into this year, many market commentators and the expectations were that inflation would peak around Easter time and then start to subside and that inflation would be uh, transitionary. However, that hasn't been the case. Inflation has continued to rise, you know, made worse by the horrific events in Russia and Ukraine, where we've seen energy prices move higher, food prices start to increase because of the, the conflict there. So what does that has meant is that central banks have had to take action. They've had to take steps to raise rates to try and bring inflation under control. This has been a stark contrast from where they've been since the credit crisis in the last 15 years, where interest rates have just gone lower and lower. But this time around, we have seen that increased inflation leading to higher rates. And that has driven yields up across the curve in government bond markets. And that's the first time investors have seen that probably for 20 years or so. Okay, so now we've got the background, what impact has this had on DB pension schemes? The biggest impact has been in the fall in value of pension schemes, fixed income assets. So they're bond assets that are a bigger and bigger part of UK investment, um, DB pension schemes investment strategies have fallen in value as, as yields have risen. Now, this is, as I said, mentioned earlier, a stark change in what has happened to these assets over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Now, on the flip side of that, schemes will have seen falls in values of their liabilities if yields have risen. So depending on your investment strategy and depending on what measure of liabilities you're looking at, you may have seen some significant funding gains. Certainly, we've seen a number of clients who have, on a solvency basis, have seen significant gains as a result of high yields. But the biggest impact on schemes has been in their LDI portfolios. The portfolios that are designed to move in line with your liabilities. So with higher yields, falling value of liabilities, these LDI assets have fallen in value. So what does that mean for investors when they do fall in value? So most of the LDI portfolios will have a degree of leverage in them, i.e. some able uh, some 
funding mechanisms that allow them to hedge more than the value that they actually hold in, in those portfolios. Now, the way you cope with this is to have collateral posted between your LDI manager and their counterparties when interest rates move. Now, over the last 10, 15 years, as they have become extremely significant parts of UK pension schemes investment toolkit, we've seen collateral posted towards us in large amounts as yields have fallen. So for the first time in the operation of a lot of these mandates, we are now posting collateral away from the pension scheme um, and from, by the, from the fund manager to our counterparties as a result in falling values of these assets. Now, this is to be expected and is a way that these assets work. But as I said, this is the first time this has happened for a sustained period in the operation of these mandates. So some schemes have seen this as a bit of a surprise and a shock to the way they run their portfolios. And how have we seen schemes coping with this so far? Reasonably well. So as they have had to pass collateral over, a number of schemes have already in place sort of what is known as a collateral waterfall. These are assets that you identify that will be used to meet any collateral calls. Now, they could be cash, they could be other fixed income assets, some very liquid, low-risk um, ABS and other short-dated fixed income assets are typical in this space. Now, for many schemes, they have a process and a protocol in place, and they've coped with it okay. But we have seen some unexpected hurdles, whether that be signatories lists for trustees to sign documentation to move money have not been around, or we have seen some pooled LDI arrangements. So when you enter in your LDI mandate with a fund manager using their standard pooled funds, they have been calling assets on a very, very regular basis, which has meant schemes have had to do a lot of disinvestment to make these calls and potential rebalancing of their mandates for, for market movements. And this has caused some govern governance and operational issues. The strategy has been working, but the steps you need to take to support it uh, around governance and operations have come under a little bit of a strain given the frequency of these calls. So what can schemes do to mitigate against the risks of these kind of yield movements in the future? So as I mentioned, these assets and these strategies, the LDI portfolios, have done what we'd expected of them from their mandate to track the liabilities. But what we, what trustees and pension schemes do need to do is to take steps to make sure their operational and governance structure around collateral management is appropriate. So what can we do? Well, first of all, let's examine our collateral policy and make sure it is robust and fit for purpose. Do you know which assets you are going to sell and in which order you're going to sell them to meet collateral. And if you have used a lot of these assets over the last few months of yields arisen, do you now need to rebalance and replenish these assets so that you can meet any future collateral pools? Secondly, you need to consider, is your LDI structure optimal? Many schemes will have used pooled LDI funds at their LDI managers. Now, these are very appropriate that give you good hedging and have worked well in the past. However, they do provide less flexibility and more onerous burden around governance when it comes to posting 
collateral and receiving collateral because they are you have less bespoke control of them as a pension scheme. So what steps can you do to actually mitigate this operational governance? There's two areas where you can look at. Do you have a uh, the appropriate delegation in place in terms of trustees available to sign? Your investment manager is available to move assets and possibly have you appointed a fiduciary manager who can manage this holistically across the whole scheme. The other approach you could look at is bespoke LDI mandates. So these are essentially pooled funds of one investor where you as the pension fund are the only investor in this pooled fund. This gives your manager that you run the, the, the bespoke pool fund for in, known as a quaif, more flexibility and more more availability to manage collateral across your LDI portfolio. So both of these are available to pension schemes to use and utilize so they can manage collateral in a more efficient way. Now a bespoke LDI mandate is you probably need to be of a certain size to access that. So you're probably looking at schemes north of 300 million to make that available and a viable option for you. For those school, for the smaller schemes, you're probably looking at more delegation, whether that be to your LDI manager in that they have call over some collateral assets or a more or fiduciary approach where you give someone control and responsibility for the whole of your portfolio within the investment objectives you've set. So three steps to take. One, make sure your collateral policy is robust and um, needs any adjustment. Two, consider your optimal LDI strategy and three, decide what is the right level of delegation within your operational structure for you. And just to wrap things up, and I like to call this crystal ball time, do you see this kind of level of volatility continuing going forward? Yes, Ricky, that is a billion, probably a trillion pound question. And if I was able to cast that with a huge accuracy, I'd be a very rich man. What we do know is that we think that volatility and uncertainty of around where interest rates will go from here is very unknown. Will central banks continue to raise rates to aggressively tackle inflation and will they overshoot the mark? Or have they already done enough and the market has already reacted to the, to the rate rises that uh, are going to take place? So and in that situation, we could see yields fall back um, after uh, reacting to the the, the recent rate rises. The honest answer is at this time, I don't know. And I don't think we can all make educated assumptions and we can take um, views on where we expect them to go. But I think there is a huge amount of uncertainty now. The world on an economic footing is entering a very different place to where we've been over the last 10, 15 years since the credit crisis. So we do expect this to create more volatility in the bond market and the, and the path for interest rates is uncertain from here. So in this environment, we would encourage pension schemes to be prepared, to make sure they have the right operational and governance structures in place. Um, and that's generally across the board, but particularly with their LDI mandate, make sure that their collateral processes and their structures for, for managing them are appropriate and fit for purpose. Well, I know a lot of the schemes I work with have been grappling with this stuff recently, and I'm sure they'll find this really helpful. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Ricky. I've thoroughly enjoyed the, the 10 minutes uh, of this podcast.
Right, that's enough for today. So thanks again to our guest, Colin Cartwright, and thanks to you for listening. I'm off to make some space in the fridge for that bottle of champagne, but I'll be back with more next month. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget you can subscribe to the series through all the usual places, including the Apple Podcasts app and Spotify. And if you'd like more information on our retirement solutions or you want to feature in a future podcast, you can contact me on ricky.marsh at aon.com. Otherwise, please visit our website or email talktous at aon.com.